Welcome to year four of Camp Kaiju. Now, the next number of episodes may sound a little different because they were recorded in previous seasons as exclusive Patreon content. So why release them now to the masses instead of recording just new episodes? Well, if you didn't know already, my wife and I welcomed a baby girl into our lives, and as such, Camp Kaiju must go into hibernation while I focus my efforts on bringing up that fearsome little monster kid. And until the podcast returns with new episodes, you can still get caught up on all the great monster movie talk at our website, campkaijumoviereviews.com, Letterboxd, Instagram, and Facebook. Matt and I are still going to engage with you all there. You can find links in the bio. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your ratings and reviews. Thank you, patrons, for your above and beyond support for the show. Talking monster movies with you all has been an absolute joy. Producing this podcast has been an absolute thrill, and I hope to get back to it soon. Until then, be well, stay in touch, and stay campy. Hello, and welcome to Camp Kaiju Monster Movie Reviews. We are your hosts, Vincent Hannum and Matt Levine. And we're talking about all our favorite monster movies, the good, the bad, and the downright campy, and asking if they stand the test of time. Traditional kaiju, creature features, space invaders, the supernatural, and everything in between. All strange beasts, welcome here. Camp Kaiju is sponsored by BanditsEmporium.com, where you can shop exclusive monster-inspired t-shirts, part of the proceeds supporting this show. BanditsEmporium.com, hit the link in our bio. As they say, we sell shirts, and as Camp Kaiju says... Stay campy, everybody. Matt, what a what a fun little bonus episode we get to do here. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Evil Dead Rise. Um, I enjoy talking about new releases. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's we were just talking about this, actually. It's kind of weird because I don't do as good of a job keeping up on new releases as I probably should. But then like when something like Evil Dead Rise or other stuff that's coming out this summer unexpectedly hits my radar, I get pretty excited about it. Yeah, same. And it's an Evil Dead movie, which whether however you feel about Evil Dead Rise, as we'll get into it, I feel like we're on the same page that we as fans of the franchise like to see it continue to evolve. New audiences get involved um, and carrying on the legacy. Yeah, for sure. Although I also do hope that those new audiences go back to watch the original movies. You know, I'm kind of still uh, purist in that way, I guess. But but yes, it's definitely good to like increase the exposure and hopefully it does encourage more people to go back and watch the original trilogy. So this is what I was thinking. And I want to ask you your thoughts on um, rowdy audience members in a movie <laughs> theater. <laughs> Which we definitely had in our viewing experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were some, I guess, teenagers in front of us and they were being loud and obnoxious, but they were also into the film. And at the end of the movie, I had the urge to lean over and say, hey, if you liked this one, you should check out the first two in the franchise. And Army of Darkness, but I think the first two are more closely aligned with Evil Dead Rise. Yeah, for sure. I 
I would have liked the attempt. I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't know if it would have been successful or not. But because um, they only seemed like half interested in the movie anyway, at least at first. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I that would have been that would have been good. Yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> but, you know, next time. Ah, missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah give them a, a Camp Kaiju sticker. <laughs> right. <laughs> we should always carry those around with us. Yeah, <laughs> I guess like a little bit more on that. Like at first, like it seemed like those moviegoers in particular were like on their phone, like having a conversation, like not in the movie at all. And that's the part that kind of got to me a little bit. But at a certain point, they did get into the movie and they were kind of like reacting to what was going on and like yelling at the screen and laughing and stuff. And that I'm OK with. Like if you're just having a good time at like kind of a silly horror movie, that's great. But like if you're you know, if you're in a theater and other people are watching it, like don't be on your phone the whole time. I don't get that, you know. Right. It's the phone that bugs me, not, you know, swearing because you got scared at a jump. You know, that's fun. Yeah. But the, the 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 glare of the phone, the screen is so distracting to me when it's below. Yeah, you, you can see it. And it's just like, ugh. yeah, now I'm just looking at your Instagram and I'd <laughs> rather not be right. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because I think like in a movie theater is the ideal way to watch any movie. But, you know, the more often you have kind of bad crowd experiences like that, the less that you want to go see movies in the theater and the more you're like, oh, I'll just wait for it to be streaming, you know, and that's the last thing I want to do. So it's I, and I know this makes me sound very old, a little bit like curmudgeonly right now, but I do wish audiences had a little more um, uh, what's the word consideration for people around them in the theater, you know? Yeah, I th I think you you're speaking for a lot of people, but I don't know. Fans of Camp Kaiju chime in. Do we sound like old curmudgeon-y people or are you on our side here? Like, put the phones down. <laughs> we can sound like old curmudgeons and also be correct. That's the way <laughs> that's the way I look at it. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> OK, but, let's get yeah. into this film, though, unless there was anything else you wanted to add. No, no. Um, let's let's get into it for sure. Um, for now, though, we should thank you all for listening. We should definitely thank our patrons. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do we want to talk about our personal histories with Evil Dead? Yeah, I would love to because I really love the original Evil Dead movies. Um, the second one, especially Evil Dead 2, is like one of my favorite horror comedies of all time. It's, you know, like the gore effects are great. It, it is like pretty scary at times, but I, I'm just so impressed, especially by Evil Dead 2's ability to like combine the horror genre with like a sort of Marx Brothers Looney Tunes, like totally absurd off the wall sense of humor. Um, the first one kind of does that, but it's like a little bit more horror focused and it's like maybe a little bit too disturbing at times to like really emphasize the comedic aspect of it. And I would say maybe the third one, Army of Darkness, is a little bit too comedically focused and not really, there's not enough horror in that movie. But Evil Dead 2 is a like pretty much a perfect horror comedy. Um, definitely check it out if you haven't seen that yet. Totally agree. And I was introduced to these films in high school. Uh, an, a friend of mine who was older, um, gotta, gotta love those older friends of yours in high school who just like, introduce you to something and you're just an impressionable freshman and you're like whoa what is this that's kind of what evil dead was for me um yeah i watched the the heck out of that movie and evil dead 2 and I, and in my own writing i feel like i just like it's it's baked into my own aesthetics as a horror writer 
that kind of yeah. over the top sense of camp and gore, but it's absurd, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't keep it's, me up at night the way other horror movies do. Yeah. And there's definitely a place for those horror movies as well. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's extremely entertaining. Again, I'm kind of talking about evil dead too, most yeah. of all, but that applies to the other ones too. Um, there's this part in evil dead too, where Ash, the main character played by Bruce Campbell is about to chainsaw off his arm because it's uh, infected by a demon or whatever. And it, like he he moves a book out of the way to get the chainsaw and the book is of course a farewell to arms and that is just exactly my sense of humor i love that joke so much <laughs> <laughs> a small example of why evil dead 2 is so awesome. oh man um do you know evil dead the musical no i don't it's funny and you should definitely listen uh definitely listen to it like on spotify or something but um it's a legit musical i bought the script when i was in high school and in, after watching Evil Dead Rise, I've just been listening to the soundtrack on repeat. Cool. I didn't even know that yeah. existed. Was it? I assume it was like a live touring performance as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's very cool. funny. It's very much in the vein of Evil Dead 2. Um, I was lucky enough to see it on stage a couple years ago in Rochester at a community theater. But, you know, there's there were blood effects. There were people somewhere in the in the audience who were singing along and kind of quoting along with the show which goes to show you that the play the musical has a following in and of itself yeah that sounds great uh, i would love to see that i also am not really very familiar with the tv series ash versus the evil dead i think there are a couple seasons of that maybe three maybe just one actually no, i think there's three seasons okay um yeah, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that. I've never watched a single episode, but I definitely want to. Same. Uh, I, just think, I think it's just because I don't have stars, which is what it yeah. aired on. I was like, well, missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm generally kind of bad at watching TV. Like, it's not like, you know, usually I prefer to watch movies over TV shows, but that one I would hunt hunt down for sure. Yeah. Did you see the the that newer Evil Dead that came out in 2013? I did, yeah. And I am not a big fan of that one, which made me a little bit less excited for Evil Dead Arise. Um, and, you know, the reasons I didn't like Evil Dead from 2013 are similar to why I didn't love Evil Dead Rise. So I can save that for later, perhaps. Sure. Um, well, in that spirit, then uh, let's just talk about the sort of the real brief production history of Evil Dead Rise. So it has been 10 years since evil dead um after that we had three seasons of ash versus the evil dead but it's been 10 years since the last feature film and even evil dead rise was originally slated to be an hbo max release but based on some positive screenings um warner brothers decided to release it theatrically uh the main producer is rob tapert who was involved with evil dead from the very beginning with sam raimi and bruce campbell Sam Raimi gave his blessing to Evil Dead Rise. Uh, it is directed and written by Lee Cronin. And I think this is his biggest thing to date. Do you know anything about him? Yeah, I don't really. I know that he has an earlier feature called The Hole in the Ground. I don't really know too much about that movie. 
Um, and then he had a, a short film from from 2013 called Ghost Train, uh, which uh, was featured in, in an anthology film called Minutes Past Midnight. It was re- well received. I think it won some awards, but I have not seen it personally. Hmm. Yeah, me neither. Um, I think, well, we can talk about the direction in the good, the bad and the campy. Yeah, I think, you know, it's pretty, pretty easy to summarize the plots. I think it's, uh, you know, we can do a very quick and dirty recap. Um, uh, So basically, it starts at a cabin on a lake. There are these kind of young, beautiful co-eds as there pretty much always are in horror movies like this. Um, They seem like kind of your run of the mill you know, not great, but not horrible people. <laughs> like, kind of mostly concerned about just like having a good time, having sex, getting laid. Um, there is a, there's a character, Jessica, or sorry, Teresa. Um, so Teresa kind of is a little bit more of a bookworm and didn't really go on want to go on the trip all that much. Um, but anyway, these four, these three people are are at the cabin by the lake. All this weird demonic stuff starts happening, and then we flash back to a day earlier where we kind of see what leads to this scenario with the three of them at the lake and everything kind of going awry um so with the flashback it's it's set in a big city i don't know if we know exactly where it's set it seems like los angeles um it's kind of a defunct or derelict i should say high-rise apartment building which is in the process of um being um uh i think torn down they're evicting all the residents they have to get out over the next couple weeks um, so there are these two sisters. Um, Ellie is this kind of single mom who lives in this apartment building. Uh, her sister Beth shows up to visit. Beth is kind of like an irresponsible, kind of like a guitar technician for this touring band. Seems like she's kind of, you know, uh, into drugs and alcohol, like kind of your typical, like, not totally there sister who shows up all of a sudden and then asks for help and all that. Um, it also turns out that Beth is pregnant, so that's kind of why she shows up at Ellie's place to ask for advice and get support on that. Um, Ellie's kids, I think she has three kids, yep. if I remember. Yeah, an right. older son, an older daughter, and then a younger daughter. Uh, yeah, so they're they're kind of just exploring the building a little bit. They go to get pizza, they come back, and when they're in the parking garage of the building, they find this weird subterranean area. Well, there's an earthquake that opens up... Uh... The subterranean area, yeah, where some things have been right. buried. Yeah, I forgot about the earthquake. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, uh, yep, this kind of underground, you know, lair opens up, if you will. Uh, the sun, what is the sun's name? Danny? Yeah. Uh, so Danny kind of jumps down into this pit. He sees what's down there. He finds this very creepy book uh, and a couple of old records. Um, you know, fans of the series will recognize the book as the Book of the Dead from the original Evil Dead movies. Uh, so, of course, Danny, being the fairly stupid young boy that he is, uh, brings all this stuff back up to the apartment. Uh, he's kind of big into like DJing and like music production and stuff. So he he puts these old records on the turntable. And of course, these eerie voices of, um, you know, whoever these like mystics or whatever discussing the book of the dead um you know start playing through the loudspeaker danny and his sister what is his sister's name uh bridget yeah bridget so bridget and danny are are kind of flipping through the book of the dead a little bit bridget is like very nervous about this she doesn't want to have anything to do with it um and of course the reading of the book and the playing of the records unleashes all this demonic hell into the apartment building and all hell breaks loose from there. That's basically <laughs> yeah. the plot. Yeah. Um, totally. Did you know, I did not know this at the time, 
that the voice of that priest on the record is Bruce Campbell. I did not know that at the time. I read it afterwards, which is a cool cameo for sure. That is an incredible cameo. And what's even better is Lee Cronin's um, quote about this. So writer-director Cronin stated that he had Campbell voice the role intentionally, stating that he considers it to be a time-displaced Ash. So technically, that's Ash on the recording. That's awesome. And that that connects to another thing where I I think when this movie was in production, they were also planning to make Army of Darkness 2 starring Bruce Campbell to kind of like continue that story a little bit. I can only assume that the two storylines would have intersected, but uh, Army of Darkness 2 was not actually made at the same time. And well, to connect it to Army of Darkness, I was reading an interview with Lee Cronin. And so, yeah, there's a lot of this movie that I think is pretty much by the numbers for any sort of demonic horror movie but there's enough connecting it to the grander evil dead world so lee cronin states that he was interested in the idea that in army of darkness there were three book of the deads three necronomicons and the one so the one in evil dead 2 that's one then there's one in the evil dead from 2013 and then this one in evil dead rise is that third book. So hmm. it's, you know, it's part of the, of a shared world in a way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause like, you know, there's like the, the plots of these movies are not especially complicated. Like it's just like demons are unleashed and a lot of people die. That's, <laughs> that's basically it. But I still love it when movies like that have their own like internal uh, cosmology or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you think like, you know, is this a, a reboot or is it a sequel or is it like an offshoot? And I guess it's just a, sort of an offshoot to the original series. Yeah, and I I kind of appreciate that, you know, it's um we'll t- probably talk about this a little bit more, but I like the new setting of it. The fact that it's in this, you know, it's not like a spooky cabin in the woods. It's in this high rise in a big city. Um, So it does kind of seem to go in a new direction with it, which is cool. Yeah. Well, I'm okay just getting to what we liked about it, what we didn't like, and then maybe some campy things we found. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Should I begin? Cool. Uh, Yeah, so the good category for me, um, I think this movie gets better as it goes on. Uh, For a long time, it's kind of exactly what you expect it to be. Um, even like the character backstories are kind of presented. So, well, I'm getting to the bad first, I guess, but, um, I'll just say that at a certain point, like the creature effects get really unexpected. Um, there are some legitimately scary aspects towards the end. There's like a, a weird sort of hybrid monster that I did not expect. That's maybe like the scariest part of this movie. Um, and yeah, there's like a showdown in the parking garage towards the end that's just like drenched in fake blood that's um pretty entertaining, pretty exciting. Uh so yeah, I think eventually like the the gore effects and the scares in this movie um are pretty effective. I agree. I think again, I love the 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 spirit of the franchise that it gets to by the third act. I'm like, "Oh, now I feel like I'm watching a classic evil dead movie you have a chainsaw the hero is saying one-liners like come get me um 
there's a there's an eyeball effect early in the film, which is another homage to a wink, if you will, to the <laughs> franchise. It's like those are the hallmarks you want to see. Um, while the rest of the film does kind of feel by the numbers, it does take off by the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I guess also the last thing I would add for the gad, good category for me is that the main storyline does connect with that kind of frame storyline that we see at the beginning mm. in in a pretty cool and pretty logical way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a it's a hell of a beginning. I think it. I I I do think it like really grabs you by the throat, especially when the at the end of the prologue when the girl rises from the water and you see behind her in the sky, blood red, epically bold, the title, Evil Dead Rise. And I loved it. I was like, this is as over the top as you want it to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that title up here is great. One of the best parts in the movie. That's for pretty sure. good. <laughs> um, what didn't we like about the movie? Uh, well, you know, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, referencing lines from the original trilogy, like, come get me dead by dawn. Uh, you know, there's like the, a scene where a demon uh, bites out somebody's eyeball and then spits it into another character's mouth, which is like repeated from Evil Dead one or two. I can't remember, but one of those two. Uh, so, yeah, like you, you know, I, as a fan of the original trilogy, I do like those nods. But at the same time, it's like, is nostalgia all you have to offer us? Because I think that the best parts of this movie are throwbacks to the originals a little bit, except for that monster that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, kind of on a similar note, I think like, you know, the, the gore effects, the kind of crazy camera work in the original movies where the camera's just like speeding through the woods and like, you know, crazy tracking shots where it's like following that eyeball as it flies through the air. Like that was amazingly impressive back in the 1980s when Sam Raimi was working with very limited budgets and it was just like wild imagination that was making all this stuff happen, you know, but this time around they have like pretty much as big of budgets and like all the resources that they could possibly want, you know, mm -hmm. um, so it's like, you know, there are some like there's some great camera work, some really cool special effects in this movie. But it's just a little bit less impressive when it's like, well, yeah, you should be able to do that if you have like whatever the budget is, like $40 million or whatever, you know? Right. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I guess the, the biggest flaw for me is that I just don't totally see the point of like the 2013 Evil Dead or this movie because the originals are funnier, scarier and more stylish and I just ask myself after this one and after the 2013 Evil Dead, like, what are you adding to this world? You know, I think that's fair. I think like this is the fifth movie in the franchise now. Which is a big number. And you look at any horror franchise, they're often a story of diminishing returns. And I like Evil Dead Rise, but I admit it is not the most memorable of the bunch. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I think it comes down to personal taste as well. I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the positive reviews are it, it moves the franchise in a new direction. Hmm. Sure, it places the franchise in a new location. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but this. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but like the story seems pretty much closed off at the end. Like, I don't know what new direction it could go in after this, you know? And where does the story end? Right back at a cabin in the woods. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not totally buying like, oh, it's like a revisionist moving in a new direction. It's, it's the same. It's an Evil Dead movie just set in an urban landscape. And that's it. So I don't know if it's as memorable as people want it to be. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I think the same is true of Evil Dead. Like, I don't remember most of that movie. There's one extremely gory scene where I think somebody like cuts off their own face. Uh, is that right? Something similar to that anyway? I'll tell you, though, and the one part like of that movie I remember is a girl taking like a scalding hot shower and just like her skin burning. Yeah, that sounds familiar, too. And maybe another part where somebody's arm is trapped under a car or something like that. So, like, you know, the only things I remember from the 2013 Evil Dead are just, like, the goriest parts. And it's uh, it's like, oh, is that all you have to offer us? Right, because I think what makes the Evil Dead franchise unique in this, and why I like the third act of Evil Dead Rise is the over-the-top camp factor. Where it's like, yeah. great, you can do the horror thing. But a lot of movies do that. What makes Evil Dead unique is the blend with comedy. And I and I would love to see the franchise go back to those roots a little bit more. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I guess, you know, I would just add, like, I, I think probably Evil Dead Rise is trying to make a theme out of the fact that Beth is pregnant and she kind of then like teams up with the youngest daughter. Um, let me find her name real quick. Maybe it's not important, but... <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, Cassie. So Beth is pregnant. She teams up with the youngest daughter, Cassie, and they, you know, they fight together to like make it out alive or whatever. And, uh, you know, like I can see that the movie's trying to make that a little bit dramatic. Like it kind of like paves the way for Beth's, you know, future motherhood or whatever. But I don't know. The, the movie doesn't really invest enough like personality in the characters to make that really very effective, you know? Yeah. Yeah, my favorite parts were when they when the kids discovered these vinyl records from the 1920s with priests warning of of demons coming from the ground. I'm like, what? I want to see an Evil Dead movie set then in 1920s with these yeah. Southern Californian priests battling deadites. That's what I want to see. I would love that. Yeah, for sure. Or if they do make Army of Darkness too, and like. Just, there are so many different directions that series could go in with like all the time travel and that, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'd love to see that. Instead. Totally. Um, cool. Well, we'll uh, tell Lee Cronin and Sam Raimi how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll fill out a comment card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll wrap up here actually. Um, but is there like one campy thing you can remember? Oh, man, you know, these movies don't really focus on camp all that much. I mean, there are some funny moments, but I feel like they're a little too low on humor. Um, let's see. There are some things with um, when Cassie's looking at the peephole or someone's looking at the peephole and there's a shotgun blast. I think the campy moments are just when they when Lee Cronin um alludes to the original evil dead like with the shotgun you're like yeah there's yeah. a shotgun right and like a chainsaw that again is kind of a throwback to the to evil dead too yeah um 
Yeah, yeah, those are the parts that are probably the most intentionally funny. Uh, you know, like when, so the mom, uh, Ellie, you know, is is possessed by a demon pretty early on. And there are some like pretty cheesy lines where the mom is like, oh, I love you. Like, you can trust me. Like stuff like that is a little bit campy sometimes. But I don't know if that's trying to be funny necessarily. I think it's like just kind of right. cheesy. Even enough. the earthquake, I feel like that's 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 a wild plot development. But it's played so realistically that I bought it. I was like, oh, sure. We're in L.A. There's an earthquake. Yeah. But I feel like maybe it could have been not sillier, but more out of left field. Right. Yeah. And there's even like a cat that's kind of like wandering around like the air ducts or whatever in the building. And I thought for sure something was going to happen with that. But nothing really does. Like the cat apparently is just like forgotten. Uh I feel like something really campy or like weird or scary could have happened with the cat, but they kind of just ignore it. I agree. So, I agree. Lost what if it's a, uh, the cat is possessed. Right. That would have been yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And it's, it kind of reminds me of like the part in evil dead one or two, the originals where uh, like the um, taxidermy on the walls become possessed and they like, you know, there's, they start like cackling and there's this great stop motion animation. Like they could have done something like that in this movie. Right. So that's where I think I would have liked a little bit more humor, like absurd Marx brothers, whatever Looney Tunes type humor in the movie. Yeah. Just creativity. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) that's funny uh cool well matt do you think it stands the test of time uh considering i already don't really remember it all that well even though we just watched it a week ago i don't think this movie is going to stand the test of time definitely not as much as the original trilogy no i think there are some fun moments i wouldn't not recommend it but like jaws 4 for instance (laughs) You're really only going to watch this if you're a fan of the franchise. Yeah. And if you're a fan of the franchise, you'll probably enjoy it, but you'll also probably say, oh, yeah, like I would rather watch the originals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was my response. No, I me too. Me too. But hey, maybe it's a it's a gateway door to to the rest of the series. So those kids, if you're listening Pick up Evil Dead 2 and have a great time. Yeah, totally. And oops, sorry. And hopefully Army of Darkness 2 will uh will come out at some point. Yes. And we need to talk about more of those movies, I I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for hanging out. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and tell a friend. And visit CampKaijuMovieReviews.com, Patreon.com slash CampKaiju, or Instagram for more monster movie content. We can't thank you enough. And before I forget, Camp Kaiju is sponsored by BanditsEmporium.com, where you can shop exclusive monster-inspired t-shirts with part of the proceeds supporting this show. BanditsEmporium.com. Hit the link in our bio. As they say, we sell shirts. And as Camp Kaiju says, thanks again, friends. Until next time, stay campy. All right. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, I had a, a message from our friend Adri. Oh. Who says, has Camp Kaiju reviewed Rubber yet? I think it qualifies as a monster movie, if not a kaiju movie, but I'll leave it up to the experts to decide. We have. Adri has good taste. Yeah, Adri, check it out. And everyone nice. else, 
Uh, that was last summer. We did a whole um, road trip themed series of monster movies. Yeah, but you hope maybe there will be more. I mean, Maximum Overdrive is a movie that we could review. Christine is another one. There are there are a surprising surprisingly large amount of killer car or vehicle movies. Maybe we'll do another road trip sometime soon. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everybody. Let us know what we should do, what direction we should take. And until next time, stay campy. Demons do their very own special dance. In hell, we dance our own special way. Let's show them how we dance while our bodies decay. Don't we bounce like backstreet? Not without a heartbeat. Do we grab like Michael Bibbs? Bibbs of all before the living. Do we whoop like tag team? Not without a bloodstream. Let's not like that group did. No, that's just stupid. Deadites always like to get their freak on. And when we get together, we do the Necronomicon. Do the Necronomicon. The moves <laughs> right to the letter. Ah! It's just like the time warp. What's what? only better? <laughs> First we jump, then we sink down, then we get back up and last so all around. Then we spin, clap our hands, and take a brief moment to acknowledge the band. We're done the tune Can we mutilate these fools? No, follow the rules I say we attack What are you on, crack? After our dance, we'll attack our own friends But before we do that, let's Necronomicon again